Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have Maddie O'Carroll. Maddie is an actor, a writer, a singer, and a musician who you can see in Punk Rock coming up at the Granary in Cork in February. Uh, we had an absolutely deadly chat. Uh, we've been talking about doing it for ages. She's one of them guests that you kind of take for granted because you know whenever you get her in, no matter what she's doing, she's going to be deadly. And uh, I was completely right. It's a savage episode. Uh, in other news, I am finishing up at the Tivoli Theatre this week in Sleeping Beauty. So come and check us out. We're there till the 14th. Uh, shows in the evening all this week. It's been absolutely deadly. We're pretty much sold out. But if if you're around and you have little ease, um, give a shout to the box office and they might be able to sort you out. Uh, I have some other really exciting news about some of my own uh, theatre work that is going to be uh, happening in the new year, which uh, I'm really uh, excited about and working on at the moment. Um, so I'm excited to share that with you all very soon. Uh, another news, um, the podcast has kicked off in very exciting fashion uh, for the new year. Obviously, Martin Maloney from Hardy Books last week. If you haven't checked it out already, do um, this week, Maddie O'Carroll. And uh, next week, I've just recorded an absolutely brilliant episode with the wonderful Paul Ryder, who's actually sitting right in front of me for this uh, introduction and he's just um blushing of course um so please guys enjoy the wonderful maddie o'carroll playing personality bingo with tom moran Mario Carly, ready to play Personality Bingo with Tom Moran? Yes. All right, sweet. Okay, look, I'll give a quick explainer of how it all works. So, basically, there are 60 balls in here. I have 60 minutes on the clock. It's not that I have 60 minutes on a clock. That's just how <laughs> clocks work. Uh, and there are also 60 questions on this piece of paper. I have given you five numbers here. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Yes. Uh, five, 20, 58, 19 and 33. All right, Carol Vordemar. I was going to say that too. <laughs> you like your auditioning. I love it. It's a little... Just sweet auditioning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, do me a favour. Will you pick a sixth number between one and 60 to add to your sheet? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I will. You going to tell me? No. Okay. You can read it. <laughs> it's I right can. there. 60? Yeah, I'm cheeky devil. You went for it. Mm. The bold move. Mm. No one ever really goes above 30. They're afraid of aging because we're actors. Yeah, it's true. But you're very young, so... I'm only a small girl. You're over. Wait, how old are you again? 24. You're only a small boy. Yeah. We're small children. We're small, yeah. I think people think I'm older all the time. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like 22? Yes. Yeah. I can read. Yes. And you're brave enough to pick numbers over... You see, that's the, 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 the boldness of youth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We think we're invincible. Yeah, like I would be so surprised if I die. I know, I'd be actually shocked. Like now. Mm. I know I will, but now I feel pretty strong. Imagine when you die, like what What would you be thinking? I don't know, but like sometimes I think that like when I'm, I've started running a lot lately. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. I want to start running a lot. Okay. To the Phoenix Park, like from, because we both kind of live in like the city oh, centre-ish. And it's really nice. Mm. But like, I, I have these thoughts where I'm like, oh, this is shit. But then I get this weird thing in my head where I'm like, oh, but you're young now. So if you're not like as strong. Oh my God. And as fit as possible, you're just stupid. You no, know, you're actually so right. Because then when we're older, we should have the habit of being that fit. Yeah. So then when you're like 60... 
then you're like kind of okay because you worked really long forever. Oh my god, you're so right. But I mightn't be. I, but uh, yeah, but I feel like it could also fuck your knees up. So swings and roundabouts. Yeah, the running does your knees at bad times. Yeah, uh, and I had to get insoles in my I'm, shoes. Oh my god, we're on the same page <laughs> at the moment. I need to get insoles. They're good, but when you run, then they give you blisters because your feet aren't used to them. Oh, okay, maybe break them in first. You gotta break them in. I'm just gonna learn from your mistakes. Do because I made the mistake. I did like 18k with new insoles, and my feet were like bleeding. Out. Like literally, there was blood. You did 18k. That's my thing. That's my buzz. So I don't do anything more. <laughs> I don't do anything less. So the problem is, I won't go unless I can do 18k. And if I on and I won't. Wow. Uh, but I I should really start doing more because mm. I would like to do a marathon. Just because I feel like when you run 18k, then you're like, then you just get greedy and you're like, well, I could run whatever. It's like 42, so it's still a lot more. And I'm tired after 18k. Yeah. But I can do that like relative, like relatively fast. You do it regularly. Yeah, like when I'm in Panto at the moment, so I, my life's a bit like taken over. But in the new year, I'm working less, especially in like that regimented way, and I'd hope to do it like five times a week. Holy. Yeah. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> but I like playing football. You you're really good at football, aren't you? I'm not that good. I just really like it. I'm I'm okay. I'm like I'm good in the context of like the actors in Dublin that play. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. And, I, and I'll say the that. Ca- on the mic. There are some better actors. I know. I also know this. There, but uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in on it. I'm on it. You are in on it. I know what's going on. Your housemate plays. Exactly. Newly new addition. He, tell, he told me everything. Yeah, it's very interesting. He told me who kicked him. Oh, I'm gonna fight that person. Well, he like he elbowed me in the nipple or something, so you Ethan know. Ethan did. Yeah, that's so rude. I like the way he does he named that to me now. sometimes as well. He's a he's a bit of a I'm nipple like, pest. Get out of my way! I'm trying to make some tea here. <laughs> we should play the game. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Okay, so come here, uh, and I should also mention. Wait, did I tell you that if you get all your things, that you get to ask me the thing? I know this now. Okay, you just know. Well, that's the rule. <laughs> if someone's listening for the first time, they're just like, "Whoa, this is so mysterious." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, we give it a spin. I'm nervous. Oh, he spanned it the wrong way. Oh, jeez. I actually don't remember how it works anymore. New year, new me. Oh, my God. This is... What's supposed to happen? Edit all that out, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number 27. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 27. The question is very apt. It's like the bingo machine was listening. What is your relationship, if any, to the gym? Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Go- I went to the gym a bit when I was like... 16 I remember it so vividly because it was when I was like I'm going to be an actor and I remember going to the gym and being like listen I have to get fit because I want to be an actor and the lady was like okay interesting you've got really high blood pressure and I was like oh my god what I didn't I was just nervous she was a mean lady Um, but I went for like four times and I really liked the rowing machine mm. I really did like that but I don't really feel the fantasy of the gym I'd rather go running in real life because then you can have the air and the people and the Lewis track. Yeah. Which I love. You like, <laughs> I mean, you could use the Lewis track as your, like, as your map. Yeah. But I, like, I, I agree. The thing about running, like, the thing about the gym is the gym is actually, like, for me, can be, like, an anxiety inducing place. Really? Yeah, I think so. Aww. But, like, not, not in a bad way, just as in, like, there's loads of big men. Oh my God, anxiety inducing, not in a bad way. That is so modern. Like, <laughs> It's actually good to be anxious because it gets you working and moving. <laughs> no, it's not. There's just loads of men that are bigger than me in my gym. I, yeah. I, I, that's just a, I think that, not, not that like, I'm worried that they're going to like pick on me, <laughs> but like, they're just, they, like, 
there's just like and there's etiquette in the gym you know so like you know you ha- you want to you want to clean your machine you want to put the stuff back and then some people don't do that so you're like okay and then that can get on your nerves because you're like well these are the rules we're playing by and you're not doing it and then and then like then you want to make sure that like you're not using the machine for too long because you don't want to be in anyone's way and then you realize that no one really cares what you're doing and then you think people are looking at you but no one gives a fuck and then you want to shower but like then you got to get naked in the gym and like sometimes you you don't want to do that no. So there's loads of stuff Whereas if you go on a run Like I just go outside And move my legs It's nice It's nice And no one cares That's what's interesting yeah. About running and sports And gym and stuff Because everyone just Is thinking about them And it's like wow What a world we live in Like it is But do you Have you seen the, the tweets And like I, I know it's a very like It's a very um On the nose thing To bring up at this time of year and, and it's only a very small part of people but like some people like you know being you know all about oh, all these newbies coming to our gym in the, the new yeah. year and it, it's just it's a weird like that's just a weird gripe to have in the world it's like well people coming to like exercise yeah. in the place where you come to exercise <laughs> they've paid they've paid <laughs> th- th- they're allowed funny. I do think the gym is really good for weights and stuff because sometimes what's weights but then when you go to the gym they can be like this is what weights are yeah because it, it, it's a weird thing like when you like first because that's the other weird thing about the gym is like it's such a part of like culture now like a lot of people go to yeah. the gym that like there's nearly an implication that you should kind of know what to do but like it's they're just like like you don't like you don't know what to do you need someone to show you yeah there's definitely hierarchy but like in general to do with like wellness and like body image the hierarchy and the status and also the classness of it like is in I was only talking to my friends about this recently that like this like wellness thing where like if you don't know what's good to eat and vertical is good or like if you can't like it's such a money thing as well. And the whole thing has just become a completely different thing. If you eat healthily and if you love yourself, that's one thing. But like this whole status thing about food and exercise is weird. It's like <laughs> everyone's valuable no matter what they do with their body. But that's not said enough, Tom. Yeah. I touch that. You're good at that, though. Oh, it's very, but it's very hard. Like you have to just be. The, we're getting straight into it quick, oh, but yeah. like loving yourself is very much a discipline act, because the whole world's telling you not to because they want to sell you stuff. Yeah, but you have to be like, uh, thank you. I'll run to feel good, not to fulfill your expectation of me. All right, let's talk about it. I. <laughs> For people who didn't see, I grabbed the mic like Howard Stern. How and close can we get? Oh, yeah. Hello. We can hold hands for the whole thing. Oh, I love it. Um, I definitely, right, I, I was thinking about this recently. I, I'm, I'm holding the microphone like I'm singing. I'm not. You I'm, are, I'm I just, it. but I'm, I am, Panto. I'm spilling my soul. Right. Um, I, I definitely don't exercise and I definitely don't eat well for the right reasons like i do definitely like like 16 year old maddie i definitely like do it partly like because of my image just for like me as like you know uh as tom as like uh, as a single person as like wanting to be uh, like desirable f- desirable yeah. uh, uh that's in some way tied in with like what we do for a living because yeah um okay, image is definitely. like such a part of acting because it's just like you're literally like attached to what you look like um yeah which is funny because not to interrupt your very special moment no nope. the funny thing about that is that like actors are supposed to depict humankind not all of humankind looks the same and is the same size. So why are we all striving for this ideal that we're all supporting when it just takes people to say, actually, this is how it should be. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a funny thing I find sometimes where people 
feel trapped in a version of what reality should be when we are the people who shape reality. Yeah. It's such a simplifying thing. Like, it's not that simple, obviously, at but, all. So then, like, sometimes then I wonder, though, so the reason that, like, part of the reason that I'm doing that, let's just play the... The, the the what if game what if part of the reason I'm doing that is because I've grown up like watching TV I've grown up watching movies so I've grown up watching like TV stars and movie stars mm. and and I think that like a lot of the way like the way I learn to like like for example like to ask someone out on a date right <laughs> I don't know when I've ever asked someone out on a date <laughs> but do you know what I mean like that so the, good I love it but the way I would do that is not learned from like my father or you know it's not le- like it's learned from probably watching Miles Teller do it do you know what I mean or like mm. or, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt do it do you know what I mean oh god or, but do you know I know I know I'm responding viscerally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I love Sammy and like and in, and in the same way with like the way the way I want to look it probably isn't the way as you said like because it's such a good point that hum- like actors are meant to depict like human kind which is so wide ranging yeah. whereas like that's not the reality of it. At the it I think I've also simplified it so much just yeah. because I am helped when I simplify things for myself. Like, because things can be so hard all the time that you just have to simplify. Th- well, I do anyway. But it's a funny one because as well, like food isn't just fuel. Mm-hmm. Food is a cultural and emotional thing. And we're all going around pretending like it isn't and putting Instagram things up like it's not and learning things that maybe aren't true but if you just listen to yourself you might find a different truth but we're not taught to listen to ourselves we're taught to listen to everyone else ugh listen the world's bloody messed up yeah but if we just have a little kindness moment yeah everyone's always going on about kindness but I'm like what is kindness I think often god I'm really getting into it but often like people talk about kindness as though it's like a softness or like a, a like a kind you know people are like oh she's nice he's nice he's kind but i think kindness is quite an active vigorous thing that you have to work on like being kind to yourself mm. is really hard That's so nice and really important but you can't like you don't just go kindness to yourself isn't letting yourself do everything you want to do it's like doing what's best for what you need right now mm. and sometimes that isn't very nice i don't know there's a weird thing about kindness i find and it's like Maybe we should think about it and chat about. Yeah, like what we're doing. What we're doing. So <laughs> wait, like, because kindness, I guess, like that's the thing. It, that 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 has to be then one of them movable things that, like, it's a different thing on every day, depending on what you need that day or what the people around you need. Yeah, like, for example, I find sometimes kindness people consider, or maybe this could be all in my head, but I find sometimes people think that niceness and kindness is yielding to the world. Whereas like a kind act is standing up for someone sometimes, not letting it happen or not choosing the easy way out. Sometimes kindness is quite ferocious, I think. Yeah. Maybe it's the wrong word, but compassion, kindness kind of mingling together. Yeah, well, de- I, I definitely, I mean, and then to be like, you know, well, that's interesting then because like, so let's just say you're standing up for someone <coughs> and you have to stand up for someone in a ferocious way. Then the person who you're standing up against could feel that like as an unkindness yeah especially if it's in you know even in a in, in a shrunken down like in a very condensed ferociousness but that would be a very kind thing for the person who maybe like you save from like a bad moment mm. 
Yeah, I, maybe I'm using the wrong word as well, though, because I don't know. I just think sometimes, basically, I find that people shy away from anything that shifts things. And sometimes kindness has to shift things mm-hmm. or shifting has to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> when you move your eyebrows <laughs> like that, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like kindness, it's just a, it's such a good word. And sometimes it like sometimes it can like I had a conversation real recently with, with someone and I was just like uh, like someone really close to me who I could have these kind of conversations with and I was like actually do you know what I feel like is missing from our relationship because like we were like not doing great like and I was like you know what I'm, is missing it's like just it's actually just a degree of like softness between us mm. and like I think I I don't know I definitely use the word softness and it was like because as people like as if I'm someone that's I, what I've learned about myself in the last year is if I'm someone that's like really like in your life and I mean in like a way that I probably would be for like you know probably like five people um, five real close friends that like I I think I demand an awful lot like uh, of of stuff of like you know um, but I also like give an awful lot but like as a result because I give a lot and I don't mean this to me like I give so much I don't mean like that mm-hmm. but like in a way like I give a lot but I also expect a lot so it kind of cancels it out so like it's the good thing yeah alright that's there but then like I expect that to be met which isn't the good thing because like that you just can't really like expect people to match mm. something that you're choosing to give yeah I see yeah I get what you mean you know what I mean I do yeah and then sometimes like sometimes you're just like in the in the world you just need like Depends on exactly like what we're saying, like where you are. Like sometimes, I I just need like softness. Mm. Can we just? Re- I find, but I find you to be like incredibly soft. I think softness is like a revolutionary thing. It's at this point. Yeah. Like someone who just like is facilitating of someone being themselves. Yeah. You know, you can really feel when pe- people are doing that, and you're like, I love you. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's so valuable, but it's so rare because everyone's always going at their own pace and they need to be where they need to be and that's fine. But when you find someone who's able to just... Like the softness is letting someone be who they are and also letting them be who they are and then meeting that together is just really special because you're not putting any expectations or things on what being alive is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we all do that every day all the time and it's like oh yeah be my friend <laughs> yeah it's hard to find yeah that and then it's hard actually when you do you know then sometimes you think you find it and then like in like a, a new friend and then like it's really hard to pursue that to the point where like they become like a real proper friend yeah do you know what it's, I mean it, I think it's all to do with vulnerability yes because softness is so vulnerable because you're actually just relaxing and sitting down and being like I'm here are you but like people yeah. don't like vulnerability and uh, like that that like that uh, that's been a real thing for me as well like this year was like learning that like that is literally the most that like that is my vulnerability is my way into i'm, I'm sure vulnerability is my way into like anything or anybody but one of the hard things to learn this year was like that actually like vulnerability is like a real red flag for a lot of yeah. people and that can yeah. be really hard because that, like, then that translates to you as like someone doesn't yeah. love you or, or you someone shut down. Or, and yeah. yeah, exactly because like when you're opening yourself up and like that's just like and that's it, like that's not even really like a choice for me. That's just kind of how you are. I I exist in the world. Yeah. Um. And so when you when you do that and yeah, that's not met with like 
um, open arms. Yeah. Yeah. We, and, and again, but like that, that's been the grown up thing for me this year has been realizing, well, you can't, you can't expect that mm. from someone else. Cause that like my yeah. need is for someone to be vulnerable with me, but someone else's need is for someone to stay the fuck away from their vulnerability. Yeah. And you have to respect that as well. Yeah. Even though, you it's know. very hard. Yeah. And even though me and you mightn't think that that's the most healthy way for us, but for someone else, it, it, it probably is. But as well, you don't like, you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like you never know really what's going on in everyone's little ticker talkers. Yeah. That's a word for a brain. Yeah, I thought it meant heart. So did I, as I said it. But you pointed said, to your head. Maybe it's the two of them. Yeah. Maybe we're all just really complicated. I mean, that's probably it. That's definitely true. All right. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I guess you can just try and live and let live. Except when people are being mean. Yeah. But I mean, there's no meanness here. Not even one bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is bingo balls. Blue, blue. All right, number 37. Do you have it? No. All right, no worries. Uh, number 37. If you had to get a tattoo, what would you get? Oh, I know exactly what I get. I wanted to get it like a month ago, but then the tattoo artist wasn't available. But um, I would get, I'm showing you my arm now. Here it is. Mm. It is my right arm. For y'all out there. <laughs> and I want to get true there, T-R-U, or there, like above or below my inside the elbow crease. Mm. I don't know what that's called, but um, my friend Fiona Frawley, do you mm. know her? Yes. She's very special. She's very nice. I love you. Met her recently. She's the best. Yeah. She was the one who said it to me like two years ago. She was like, I really like this idea for a tattoo or just for a word. Because <laughs> it's like, I've said it to a few people and I think it's really silly and I respect that. It's fine. But um, it's like the true spelling of true. It's like, I think very most important thing is to just be honest and, and true to yourself. And then the rest will follow. So like T or U is like, there's no need for the E because it's incidental and it's like an extra thing that you don't need. The true spelling of true is T or U. And that's what I think you should be like, swap off all the extras and just be the truth of true. So I want true. <laughs> that's deadly. T or U. I love it. I love it. Fiona Frawley. Oh. That's great. She enriches my life. No further questions. <laughs> uh, number seven. Do you have it? No. Sorry, I didn't. I, I kind of left. five, it. though. Did you? I mean, five is a good number. <laughs> I feel like you've got 27, 37, and seven, which is true. That's mad. So they've all been sevens. Boo. Seven's like a real like positive number for a lot of people. A lot of people's lucky number. Yeah. I think. Like I would say, seven is like like if we're talking stereotype, seven is a lucky number. Thirteen is an unlucky number. Do you ever have the thing where certain color, certain numbers of colors? Do you have that? No. I always have that. So seven wh- is blue. I understand that. What's thirteen? Orange. Okay, I would say green if I was That's trying to, fair. Guess, but I don't really have colors. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to join in. <laughs> I don't have colors. What are your thoughts in twenty seventeen? Well, I don't know. I actually haven't thought about that. Mm. Boo boo. Um, I think it was very fast, which is spooky. But it was yeah. pretty for me. Maybe it was quite. I mean, every year I think you should be learning, and I would like that of my own life forever. But I think I learned a lot about how, actually, quite similarly to what you were saying, how I process things and how how I process things isn't the way everyone else processes things and that like you kind of have to soften into the way you are and then the rest will follow like I'm the way I am 
but not everyone else is going to be the way they are. And I'm the way I am because of things that are part of my life. And it's only it can only be me who deals with those things. Mm-hmm. Like no one else can fix them. No one else can deal with them. I can just be with that. I think that's, I never thought about it, but I think that's what I learned from 2017. Mm. And then like outside of myself is pretty crazy. Mm. Maybe it's just because as you grow up, you notice how much bollocks is in the world, but also maybe it was just an awful year and we're going towards awfulness more and more every day. But it's just a lot of, a lot of hate. <laughs> the other day, oh my God, it's so very sad. The other day I was just like, look, what, reading the news or something? And I was just sitting there and I was like, there's still a lot of bad news. So I just <laughs> Googled good news, <laughs> please. <laughs> and I got this really crap website that was like, a dog had a biscuit. And I was like, oh, I don't care. Okay, I can find this on YouTube. I need like a big group of people had lots of smiles and love. <laughs> but there's not that. There's no source. So then I was like, oh, actually, I was reading my book today. This pertains to what I'm talking about. I'm not just changing the subject as I like to do but I was reading my book and there was a bit it's about like um like black people in the 1940s America so it's bleak and uh there's a bit where the man says like there's every reason for us to be sad but when you were born we were all engulfed in love for you and I was like that's the good news that's the only good news we can have so 2017 was awful because people are dying and no one cares about anyone but also there's like small pockets of good. Mm-hmm. You won't find it on the internet, but find it in here, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You won't find it on the internet is like actually a perfectly good message for almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything good. Like anything good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're trying to Google like the Irish for Happy New Year. Which yes, is, which we will do. Which is just a Tom and Maddie joke. But you know what? Like you won't find anything you like you won't f- like I was thinking about this today because um, I uh, was seeing, I was watching my friend I have a friend who I'm working with at the moment who is um, uh, newly dating and like doing all the tinders and the mm-hmm. bumbles and all the things and um, swiping and he was uh, doing that and we were walking down the street together and he was doing it as we walked down the street and like I'm sure <laughs> everyone's had this thought but it was just I was just I was watching him doing it and I was watching all these people walk by and I was like you know it is so funny how like we'll do that and like we won't look up and look at the people who are walking by us and I know that's a real like basic bitch boiling down of a situation nothing wrong with a basic bitch there's nothing wrong with it it's very useful mm? and very I, I operate in that world <laughs> I, I kind of operate in a world of like absolutely absurd generalities but take none of them very seriously it, it, it's kind of the only way I can yeah pr- I don't think you should, yeah yeah but um, yeah, you won't find it on the internet. Can, can I ask you a question? Where, like, where do you? I, I would see you as a very like empathic person, but also someone who like doesn't um like fuck around. Like, so like, I I feel like I know like you know relatively speaking like what you think about like things. You know what I mean? Um, where do you draw like the line with your own empathy? Like, so oh yeah, in amongst <laughs> all the bad stuff well. going on and all the. And all the the awful things that have happened this year and the awful people who have done them and their awful actions and how they've impacted on, on far less awful people. Where do you draw the line like with that? Do you struggle to... Because sometimes I do and I don't... I struggle with like... Wh- where does our empathy go and when, when should it be extended and when should it stop? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I was only talking to my voice teacher about this recently because I have such trouble with that. Like, I, f- I think I've, like, not the filter thing. 
maybe people have I don't know maybe I'm like everyone else I don't know but I find it very hard I don't think I think again 2017 taught me that like I don't think that limiting empathy is the answer I think that processing what we take in is is the thing that needs to change like I think once you start maybe this is a dramatic thing to say but once you start marking your empathy territories when do you stop but if you just take in and then figure out how to process that that's how I am trying to work it out because yeah there's there's we just are saturated with pain everywhere all the time and it's like wow (laughs) yeah but as well maybe I definitely feel with Twitter (laughs) that like you're saturated with bad news but then you still have to be able to process good news and sometimes that's really hard especially because I definitely spend a lot of time on my own I like my own company but also that can end up in a funny place and I think yeah it's the processing and it's the like slowing down and like listening to how you're processing it and listening to how you're feeling and then being like like my voice teacher said a really special thing um that like when you're say if you're having an argument or a discussion or heated something that you're passionate about with someone or whatever that like if you're feeling a lot because I often feel a lot and then I lash um but she was like if you stop and listen to how you're feeling first before you respond to them it's a much more measured and healthy way of processing an argument or a discussion or something that you feel a lot about because you're not reacting you're like responding to them because you've listened to yourself first so I find that that's the healthiest way of responding to like overwhelming ex uh, feelings Mm. just stopping and being like this is how I feel because then you can go from there Mm. rather than I think we're expected to just keep going all the time and it's like you can't just have a sit down yeah yeah it's funny like because you know in all, in all the because i mean like 2017 like was the year of all the stuff coming out like a lot of like stuff about like sexual abuse yeah coming out and like you know which is just so horrendous and so but so good that that that, that like it's been acknowledged but so difficult to hear at times and that's where i've like found it to be really challenging because i have no issue whatsoever in empathy with like a victim because that's like it, it feels like a very obvious place for my empathy to go like i really see that whereas some people they go to a place of doubt and they go well like mm. if you can't prove it whereas um it doesn't go which there comes fr- from fear anyway which probably comes from fear whereas mine will g- yeah right so like where mine will go to uh whatever way my brain is wired will just kind of go to like that's f- horrendous that's really horrendous and will uh, i guess like want want to listen to that like to to allow someone to give voice to that where, where i struggle is like on the other end of that you talked about pain and like everyone's in so much pain you're right so on the other end of that like does our empathy extend to the perpetrators of that sexual abuse or do they not deserve it because they didn't deal with their pain in an appropriate way and then put their pain onto someone else and you know possibly multiplied it by hundreds do you know what i'm asking yeah how do you think about how do you feel about that it's that old like would you put someone in an electric chair even though they have a kid or whatever question where it's like I don't know <laughs> yeah like I don't think you should try and 
not you, but like one should try and measure their empathy ever. So when it comes to that, it kind of becomes not an empathy question. It becomes a what is this structure that we're encouraging people to work around, a.k.a. misogynistic culture? Like, I, st- I don't think of it as, should I feel sorry for that, like, rapist or pedophile or whatever? It becomes a thing of, can we now not make this happen anymore? Because what's more important to me in this situation is that this doesn't happen to people anymore, mm-hmm. rather than whether I should feel empathy for that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's a cop-out. No. I just kind of, like, there's a system in place for, like, hundreds of years that encourages rape culture. So I'm like okay, how do we dismantle that? That's like where I would go to first. Yeah, I guess I'd have empathy with the person to a point because they're a person. But I guess it's when the person mask starts to slip and it's like, you're a monster. Yeah, well, yeah, well, then when someone, exactly. Yeah, yeah when someone like acts in just like a way that would damage another person to yeah, that degree, that just like, doesn't feel very human. Fuck off. Yeah, that was, that was an excellent answer. That's not. That was a good answer. I just like to have a chat. It was a good <laughs> chat. I mean, it just it was helpful for me. Good. All right, here we go. Number sixty. <gasps> oh yes! Nice. So what does this mean? That means you get to put an X through number sixty. Ah, uh, like because we're playing bingo. <laughs> That's how we do it. I get it. <laughs> In terms of artistic creation, what drives you to do what you do? So tell the people you're you do you do a few things, but you're an actor mm-hmm. and a writer. And uh-huh. a singer mm. and a musician. Mm. Am I leaving stuff out? No. No. You do My artist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. Sorry, Shano Dotti, if you're watching that. <laughs> watching? This is a sound thing. Um Bobo. Yeah. Um What drives? Funny. I guess just stories. Mm. I think it's like storytelling is ancient. Like we've done it since we were in the stone age <laughs> as people like to hark back to so it's just that important thing of storytelling there's this quote I can't remember where it's from but like it goes like oh where is it from no I, I thought I remembered uh, it went away Um, that like the even the oldest story like Romeo and Juliet the oldest stories that we know the story of still affect us because we're still at the edge of our seat being like what happens next because they unlock like a part of us that we don't really know is there um, so like on baseline I think storytelling is like what keeps us going mm. like if we don't have some sort of artistic aspect to ourselves th- something else falls down with us with it even mm-hmm. but as well on another la- level I think that art is like very important place to s- try and change things that hurt other people in the world yeah. it's just it's a place where empathy can come alive I think mm-hmm. like even people who don't like theatre or music or blah 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 um, can be changed if you just approach them like I th- there what's that quote I think it's Athol Fugart or something that goes like I make it because I want to share it with you at the end of my process you were waiting for me so like we make to share we make to maybe change we make to connect I think mm-hmm do you find as a person that you like project like kind of story onto your own life like and project kind of meaning onto like your own like do you know what I mean like not not to say like you know we're all the stars of our own movie but like you kind of put yourself as like the you know the way 
it can be useful sometimes to have a story to even like um I don't know what my question is. <laughs> to, to have a, like it, as a kind of a motivating factor. Like even do you ever create like false narratives in your head to help you get through life? You really got that question out in the end. <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Mm. I don't really I don't really get what you're saying. Yeah. But I hear you. Like, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying either. <laughs> I, I I don't know why I'm asking it because it, it sounds like it's something that I do. I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, sound, is. it sounds like I'm trying to like tell you, well, so here's what I do. This? Yeah. Because sometimes, <laughs> um, no, but like, mm, yeah, well, actually, no, maybe I do do it. Like, sometimes I think it's fun to play the game where like you make yourself the underdog. Even though, like, I'm absolutely in very few ways, like, the underdog. Like, I, like, you know, like, live in, like, a city and I, like, <laughs> I'm a man. and I I'm live in a city. White and all the, <laughs> the things that are, that are like, as you said, you know, that have been, like, culturally just, like, have made it, like, easier for me than it is for other people. But, like, th- like, I don't, I don't have a very good, appre- like, it's not, it's not, do you know what? It's not really useful in certain contexts for me to appreciate that. Do you know what I mean? It's actually really good for me to kind of forget that. Because if you were to, if you were to like, it, and on some level it's really important to like acknowledge that that's mm. true. And on another level, it's really important to like kind of forget about it. Because if you acknowledge like any of the things that like make it easy for you, like it possibly makes you like stop, like it collapses like some of that like drive or that like work ethic that would like probably benefit you in another way oh I think I know I finally yeah the penny dropped three minutes of as me in, <laughs> and like monologue yeah which was my fault <laughs> uh, I don't know I'm really silly in the sense that like I get really wary of any kind of motivation yeah <laughs> I was weird because I, I think I've it's a defense mechanism where I've processed motivation as a negativity mm-hmm. so i'm like no maddie don't because I, I seem to think that if if i try and motivate myself as in like come on you need to bring yourself to a different place it means i'm saying that i'm not happy with where i am mm. which not not necessarily true but i might just i think it's a defense mechanism to make myself just stay where i am so interesting though so like because i would i would think that i'm actually possibly the polar opposite of that yeah you're so motivated well but i mean like but not in a i i don't think that and i'm not all the time i was saying this on the way in here but like i that's so interesting because like i am quite embarrassed about that fact but like yes i am i definitely you're very am. motivated yeah. but i find it very embarrassing to be a motivated person but like uh, for whatever reason, I'm sure it's some like hole within myself. I'm sure it comes from like a not my anus. Oh. No, your face made it, it sound like it's it was such my bum. A thing to say. I've got a hole inside. I've got a hole inside, a gaping ah. hole of despair. Did you no, get your appendix out? I did. Ah, yeah. It's your appendix. It's my it's my appendix. <laughs> <laughs> it could, before it, that's actually true. You, I bet you could like not as in literally like it's because I got my appendix out. But around that same age is probably like there was probably actually. Like, uh, there was that. Jo- d- all right, here's an interesting. Okay. You, you talked about um, who did you talk about? A mean woman who was being mean to you at the gym and about your blood pressure. Oh yeah, she's weird. Yeah, I had a really when I was getting my appendix out, I was very fat as a child. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. and I went to get my appendix out, and this nurse basically came and said, "You're so fat, we can't see what the fuck's wrong with you." Like, I, I know she pretty much said that. Oh. And- 
old were you? Oh, like a nine or a ten oh or eleven. God, and it's you don't have to tell a child that. It's the most scaring thing that's ever happened. I've never been able to forget it. Not even one bit do I doubt that. Yeah, yeah. I've never been able to forget Why it. Why did she tell you that? I don't know. After that, I lost a oh like my God. Uh, not well, not like straight after that because I was still probably fat for another seven years. Like, which is not bad. Which is not bad. But I think it's awful. Of course. Uh, yeah. She told you. It I is. have so much judgment about weight for myself. It's it completely comes from me, and I've had to really work to like not project it like onto other people because that is one hundred percent my instinct. And mm. like, and and they are, and like all that stuff was really like th- th- that's really tied in with me like body image and like success and like achievement and stuff they're all like tied in in this like real like core fundamental part of me yeah that whole so it's like so yes like i i am motivated absolutely but it's it's not always like yeah like i'd I'd love to like work ahead and make the motivation a little bit healthier yeah i don't it's hard i hear you do you want you know do you want to like do you want to uh, disactivate that defense mechanism that you have? Or are you happy in this? I think it it the defense mechanism, if it is one, because I I think it is very much limits me. And it's like as well, it's a thing where I'm there's the fear of striking out, as a Cinderella story would say. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Mm. But it's like you're the fear of of failing. Yeah. keeps me from like trying to push myself which is like silly because that's the vulnerability that we were talking about as well but it's just a different version of the vulnerability that's why I'm so surprised to hear you say that yeah it's like come on Maddie. no but that I Get mean up. no but like it's really it's really funny to like and I mean this like very lovingly but it's really funny to catch your own hypocrisies isn't it yeah. like you know what I mean because yeah. I, like I, I I do it all the time Um, I, but I mean that's so interesting because it, it is like that and I think that's what's embarrassing to me about it is I know how vulnerable it, it is to we all know how vulnerable it is to try mm. like um, so and I mean I think what's what's difficult about what we do is we were talking about like you know the question was I think what is um, drives you to do what you do like mm. artistically and like that like any artistic creation if it's any good is going to be vulnerable yeah. and then like to motivate yourself to do that is even an extra layer of vulnerability and then to like then if you make that like last choice to like put it into the world mm. like as you said like with like you know that quote about and at the end you will be there yeah. but that's like that's the that's the hard part about anything is like is like, like we talked about earlier like just opening yourself yeah. up to that and then like how is that gonna be received yeah because as you said it's real sorry I'm doing a lot of talking no no it's really cha- and I think it can be challenging to other people if you expose yourself like exactly the same in relationships like the parallels are there if you expose yourself in that way it, it automatically challenges the people who are there to to you know be witness to that mm-hmm. vulnerability because because like I mean as humans like we're always just projecting everything back in to ourselves you know mm-hmm. so I mean when you say that you struggle with motivation like I wonder I was just wondering where like it comes from do you have any ideas I yeah it comes from who I think I am and who I think I should be okay sure in terms of relationships and like being vulnerable with humans like on a day-to-day basis my comfort zone like I've no fear of failing with humans because I like love myself and I'm like 
I don't actually care if you think I failed because I'm deadly. But when it comes to career stuff, I don't think I feel steady enough in who I am in that area. I don't believe enough in who I am versus who I think I should be yet. Mm -hmm. So it's like I just need to bite the bullet and be who I want to be or be who I am rather than putting on who I should be. Yes. Do you know what I mean? But does the but does that like not feeling like like that discrepancy that doesn't translate as a motivating factor for you? No. Fun- mm. The only thing that motivates me like I can feel it in my stomach is when I feel something is wrong and I need to change that and I can change that with writing or performing. That's mm. the only thing that has ever like I know in my bones that that is motivating, but it comes so rarely. I don't feel any day to day like you need to be better motivation because it's like a bad comfort zone because I'm actually like, I actually think I'm very nice lady, <laughs> but it's like that isn't relevant to your career. This is so good. Okay. Because I, <laughs> no, no, no. I kind of could put it down like, oh, you're nice and people like you and you love people and they love you. So why should you push yourself? And it's like, because you want to push yourself, you silly bitch. Do you think like, and I, I, I don't mean this, I, do, I don't mean this how it sounds, but do you think like you've, because you're clearly someone who like thinks about this stuff and has done like work on yourself and like read the books and I don't know like if you fuck with therapy or that kind of thing but like, you've done I don't know girl do you fuck with therapy? Do you fuck with therapy? Alright Kanye But like <laughs> I love you <laughs> But like do you think that you're like too good and I do that with like bunny ears to be like mm. like like what I was talking about like the, the my hole right I was talking about my hole <laughs> but like m- my hole motivates me okay <laughs> So um, to get your hole. Yeah, I mean it's all full circle. <laughs> Holes are circles. Oh my God. Uh, do you think that like? <laughs> <laughs> I wish people saw that. Do you think that you're like? Do you think that you can go? And I don't mean too far away because like the the, the most important thing obviously is like your happiness and mm. your the way you feel in the world. And then sometimes I don't believe that sentence. When I say that sentence, I'm like. Is it for me? I don't know if it is. Because my happiness is so related to like the stuff that I'm making. And I don't know. Okay. Like, I don't know if I, I don't create from like a a happy place. Even though the stuff that I like create is outwardly like, it's not that dark, you know, comparably it's really not. But I think it comes from a a dark place. Mm. And it, but like, as in it's the way that I am. Your hand is so funny. I'm making a lot of hand gestures you here, are. but but it comes from it comes from a dark place, and it's like that's my way of making me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're very much on the polar opposites. I think a lot of people in our industry work, even when you talk to them, like you know that spooky thing that happens when people are like, "So what are you doing at the moment? Yeah, working on anything?" And it's like uh, working on loving myself. What about you? Uh, Suzanne, <laughs> I don't know any Suzanne, so it was scary. Imagine I said a name. Oh yeah. my god. Um, but like Juliet. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> but like it, it's such a thing that we like are conditioned to put value on success. I also am doing bunny ears, mm-hmm. and and I'm. I think it's a defense mechanism, and it's a trying to be kind to myself thing mm. all at once. That mm. I'm like. I will not subscribe. It's such a me thing to do. I will not subscribe to your rules about mm-hmm. loving myself. So mm. then I'm just like sitting there like twiddling my thumbs being like, I really want to write a play and I know what I want to do, but I'm also a baby. So I won't do this because I love myself. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Just write the play. Yeah. That, I mean? That's so interesting. Like 
That I is, think I like love myself too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You do. No, you don't. Of course you don't. And you should. No and, such thing. And you're wonderful. But like, it's it's also interesting because then like for me, I'm like, well, you, I just know you have, you have, and you like, we're making it sound like you sit at home and you do nothing. You're very busy and, you, <laughs> and you, you make stuff all the time and you're in loads of stuff. You're creating all the time. But I also know that like, I'm sure like anyone, you just have so, so much like more. So much more to give. To give. But like, but, uh, but you also have a very like maddie filtered thing that you would be forced to give it through which is inherently interesting I mm. think that's a nice thing to say yeah but I think it's true like as in yeah I think it's true but it, it, that's just such an interesting way of like two people that are so different in how they process so things. different how they process and like actually so similar as well I think we're quite similar in, in, in loads of ways even though maybe we're not are we similar I think we're very similar in that I think you want to get to the truth mm. and there's no dilly dallying I don't think you're interested in like performative truth I think you'd like the truth yeah but I mean I, I can get there real quick with you like it's very rare for someone to just be saying all the things you just said well, I, 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 you see but I, I'm very like, I, I feel like I've been saying nonsense for a lot I'd say like <laughs> yeah but you know, this, no you're just saying your truths I'm saying my truths but like it's, it can be hard to articulate them oh yeah it's because very, they're true yeah, yeah is that it I think so. When things are true, you're just like, I know it, but how do I word it? Do you know what it is, Maddie? This is what it is. And uh, you said it perfectly. It's that like, it's the difference between T-R-U-E and T-R-U. Oh my God, I'm so glad you like this. And T-R-U doesn't, T-R-U doesn't, T-R-U doesn't look right and it doesn't sound right, but maybe it's more authentic actually. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can put an umlaut on it, but you're just being a little dick when you do that because you're like, oh. umlaut. umlaut, umlaut, yeah. Oh, let's give it a spin. This is great. Yeah, we did a big question. I'm having fun. Uh, <laughs> number thirty-nine. Do you have it? No. Number thirty-nine. The question is, um, what is the question? Oh yeah, number thirty-nine. What is your tre- most treasured relationship with someone over the age of sixty-five? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I think it's my favorite question. Oh my God. I'd love to see you interact with someone over the age of 65 because you're you you talk in a way that like um, I've never met anyone over 65 talks like that I mean in a really God bless Ireland yeah but you know what I mean they're all like mm, potatoes <laughs> that's so not true that was so awful I'm sorry granny oh, where's granny <laughs> I think mean, exactly she's in the shed she's not and she should she's be though so- <laughs> girl um Oh, it's weird because I guess the most treasured relationship I had for someone over 65 is dead. Mm. Who was that? Get my granny. She lived with us for nine years. Oh, that's where she is. She's dead now. She's okay. gone now. <laughs> She's in heaven. She's in the shed. Dead. She's in the shed. She's dead in the shed. Shed. shed yeah. <clears throat> but no, I have two grannies. One of them's alive. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. I but you like her less. Oh, I don't like her less, but I don't actually have that much time with her I just spent like nine years living with my granny wow so like we got to know each other very well many things that I did not like about her Mm. but also the more I learn about who she was and what life she had the more empathy I have for that and as well I was like 16 for most of it for most of it (laughs) for nine years (laughs) like mentally but uh, that's such a good question and it's really giving me pause that I don't hang out with people over 65. What do you like about hanging out with people over 65 when you do it? 
the, I think that they're very important because they are this over 65 first like in in um thinking like fact and hard reality that sh- is a valuable thing mm-hmm. and they are valuable people because they are the people who went before us my granny actually this is very uh messy answer because my granny who's alive my dad's mom she's deadly because she comes from such an antiquated way of thinking she like doesn't love the gays mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't love people of color like she's a bit of one of those ladies she's 93 mm. but like you can t- talk to her about it like you can just be like here what's the crack and she'd be like well i think and you're like no that's problematic and then she's like no okay <laughs> like she doesn't shut down she like openly wants to engage with it yeah which is really good crack yeah like if anything it's good and healthy in inverted commas but if anything it's good crack because you can just be like like she one time she was like are you religious or whatever and i was like no granny no <laughs> and then we had a really good chat about uh, like compassion and doing good for others and being kind blah 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 and she was like that's religion that's what god is and i was like for you yeah but for me it just is being kind and loving people and then she was like god but it was like she wouldn't go any further but it was still a really valuable conversation to have so i guess she would be because she's living Mm. maybe the most cherished person but i don't spend half enough time with her yeah what what's the most challenging thing about when you spend time with those people Mm. Mm. i don't know it's they're they're my family's funny they're funny they're uh they're very precious and good but they're funny (laughs) yeah yeah are they are are you very different no i'm quite similar really yeah they (laughs) they (laughs) yeah they process things funny Mm. sometimes it's hard to like communicate what's happening to them because they're just like they only see their version of things Mm. but they're also really great because you can say anything to my family Mm. you can just be like this is the way life is for me and when it comes to family, like how much, <coughs> like you said, you're similar. Like how, how, how pivotal are family in the person that like we grow up to be as a result of being like raised by them and living with them and all these things. Like, and how much, how how important has that been to to like your development? Because used to me seem like you know, this is an interesting thing to say to you. Like you don't <laughs> seem to me like. A family person in the sense that like you seem like you really I really feel like Maddie O'Carroll has cultivated Maddie O'Carroll whereas I look at some people and like I don't know your family right but like I look at some people and I'm like oh yeah like I can totally see how you were raised by like a mom and a dad and like there's half your mom and there's half your dad whereas I don't see that with you I don't know why I just said it say it out loud (laughs) does that make any sense yes uh my media family I'm very very close to mm. uh, and I'm I think I'm judging from what everyone says to me and from what I know of my parents I'm like really really a mix of the two like really very much um yeah they're they're good very very good parents mm. they very much raised us to have a firm sense of integrity and in ourselves and to like from like always it's like a kind of a joke about our family that we are always arguing like our table is our dinner table is constantly discussing arguing discussing discussing so one for the ladies out there <laughs> discussing and arguing and like challenging each other and that's like the foundation of our relationship is that you should be able to hold your own and 
if you believe in something you should be able to discuss that that has become more challenging as years go by and as I form into my own person and have my own views and beliefs and they are different to my family's and that's I find that really hard because I've always been so close to my family and we have all seen the sa- from the same perspective of things that when I come home sometimes and I'm like I don't know where you got that idea but I don't agree with it mm-hmm. and then that's hard but we've been like brought up with values and tools to be able to argue so or not argue but like challenge each other mm. you see what I should have said what I should have said what? what I should have said was that like your parents obviously did an unbelievable job <laughs> if, no but if they you rate, have no parents <laughs> is what you actually said <laughs> your Annie <laughs> it's a hard knock life <laughs> I've read her uh, <laughs> but it's it's uh, it, it like yeah you know like what obviously what I'm going to say now is that like yeah they did like they did a great job in the sense they brought up someone who was able to you know go off and like have an interest in themselves and like you know if anyone who's like yeah I mean just what you were talking about earlier about like that like level of like self-love and stuff because that is so important and like mm, the, you know important really important and like that it's just that is like that is like one of your like and to call it a talent makes it sound like you don't want to like degrade like hard work that like that involves but like you're really good at that like that's one of the things that like I like I'm reminded of every time I see you and like I feel like I learn from you by being like your friend is that like I feel like you're very very good at you know like loving yourself and loving your body and accepting that and it, it it's it's really it's really useful it's really challenging sometimes like sometimes I will like see something like well I'll see you or I'll see something like online of you and like it's challenging in my a re- butt <laughs> it's that's really useful for me because like that like I catch myself having like a reaction to it and like what you're saying like and I kind of go whoa where's that coming from yeah do you know what I mean what 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 Somewhere. what's that doing what's she doing that doesn't affect me in any way like affects me whether it like it be good or bad whatever, mm. you know what I mean it's very useful good yeah I'm glad I'm of use yeah you are use me abuse <laughs> me I will daddy I'll continue <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be giving another spin Woo! we're nearly there man yeah we're doing really we're well done. we've got another 10 minutes right um, number 4 do you have it? no Okay. No. five? I mean that's useless <laughs> <laughs> number 4 the question is what would 7 year old you think of you right now? Mm, I can't remember any of my childhood really? yeah <laughs> problematic <laughs> so I don't know what what was I like. I moved primary schools like three times. Okay. And I cut my eye hair off and was a problem child and lied loads. So I like blocked it all out. But uh, what was I like when I was seven? I was in my second primary school. <gasps> I didn't have any friends, of course. <laughs> good old Maddie wandering the Tarmacadam of the Fife School of Wexford, all alone. Uh, mm, I would think I was very tall, first mm-hmm. of all. And see, I was a little weird child. I didn't really have any <laughs> thoughts about any like anything outside of myself or something. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of, from what I can remember, I was either intimidated by people or I was over just doing my own thing. What would I think? I don't know. You lied a lot. Oh yeah. 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 What was that about? What was that like? I just wanted attention. <laughs> yeah. And did you have to like, did you have to, because I used to lie a lot as well. Mm. Did you have to like unlearn that? Or do you still, like th- how often do you still do it? No, I don't really lie anymore. I really don't, I th- I've trouble lying. Really? Yeah. Mm. But um, I think I thought I had to do it to get attention or for people to like me or something. Yeah. 
Because when I remember doing it, I did up until I was like 11. Like really lots of lies that were so clearly lies. <laughs> but I was just like, anyway, thanks, bye. Like what kind of stuff? Do you remember any? Oh, I touched that. Uh, when I was in my first primary school, I lied all the time about how many siblings I had, what my house was like, how many pets I had. Things that I wanted, I thought I wanted anyway. Or I thought I wanted people to think of me. Mm. Uh, then my second primary school, what did I lie about? Hmm. Uh, probably loads of stuff was the like ending of the lying in conjunction with like you getting more friends yeah actually i think it was kind of like, like wholesome friends yeah because i mean like i don't want to james lipton you or anything like it, I, was gonna, I was gonna say but like it you know you were like kind of playing like you know make believe with like your lies because they weren't they weren't like harmful lies no. you know what i mean yeah so it wasn't like cause I mean, steal as well actually steal <laughs> yeah yeah a lot do you steal now no what did you used to steal <laughs> uh, I used to go in first primary school. I used to go into the lunch or the classroom during lunch and like steal people's food. Gas. And like toys and stuff. And like, would you eat the food or was it just to have it stolen? I would eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd eat it. <laughs> I still do. Well, you were tall. I was not that tall at the time. Oh. But I was re- I was getting tall. As you can tell, I'm now tall. You are tall. How tall are you? You're mm-hmm. 5'10? Maybe. 5'9, yeah. 5'10. Yeah. Your good height, um, Very yeah, 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 fascinating. But yeah, yeah like that—that's interesting. Like you know, the like the 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 lies and like that make-believe world, and then mm. like you know when that kind of ended, then like it was like I, I wonder like that's an interesting parallel to draw. But like then you know being planted into the real world and then having like real friends, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. Is it interesting? But like, yeah, no, it is. It's an obvious parallel. I think it <laughs> took me a while to process what friends were. Yeah, because I remember. My mom told me that when I was in my first primary school, I told her I had no friends um, in a very matter of fact way. So she sent her friend to like spy on me in the playground to see if I had friends. And I did. But I didn't know that that was what a friend was. I think what was going on. Mm. I think. What's a friend to you now? Weird. Uh, I know that I have friends now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Do you? Mm, we're all saying you don't. Help. <laughs> Your mom asked me to talk to you. <laughs> This is an intervention. <laughs> Maria Neville, Tom Moran, all these intervening friends. Um, what's a friend to you now? What's a friend? I don't know. Like, you just know. Mm. Uh, so someone who's honest and someone who has similar values to me. And someone, if they don't have similar values to me, are willing and ready to experience other people's values. Mm. I'm not able... I, what where I draw the line with f- with friends or like I I can't get close to people who aren't honest with themselves mm-hmm. I f- like I it makes my blood boil I'm just like no <laughs> it's, it's not easy yeah it's not easy for me Tom yeah well look I feel I feel like we've only got so much stuff as like humans right and like you just have to choose what you want to use your stuff on and like i don't even know what that stuff is but like it's like i heard actually people talking about on a podcast recently and they called it like their their soul points and they talked about like how like the things that like you know suck them away and the things that like add to them and like friends who like are a lot of work suck them away and sometimes that's totally justified and like sometimes you have really good friends who need to like suck at you for a little while because they're going through a thing and like that can be what being a friend is then there's other friends who you're like oh, you know what, this doesn't, this doesn't, like, selfishly, like, this doesn't serve me anymore. Mm, yeah. And, like, sometimes it's okay to step away from that. I think I'm probably similar to you in the fact that I give a lot. Like, instinctively, I just want to make 
this sounds really like oh I'm so great but like I just want to make someone feel good and I want to give some just to people's lives yeah it gives me a lot of joy yeah. to do that I, that's what I was going to say like when I said that earlier I was I was like why does that feel so <coughs> naff to me and then what I realised oh yeah because you're forgetting the part that like I give a lot it fulfills you but that's like yeah. that's that makes me feel good that makes yeah. me feel better than it makes you feel possibly do you yeah. know what I mean like it's it's not like that's Mother Teresa that's like no it's for me also th- yeah <laughs> but it's just good but then I find especially this year I found that I had to learn how to step back and not give 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 because mm-hmm. in friendships and in relationships I automatically do and my mom does it too and I've definitely learned it from her because she's so good and kind and giving that I would just it would be instinct to just give or if someone needed anything I'd be right there but then I started to notice that I was getting angry and like affected when they didn't when I was clearly in need and they weren't able to give the way I would have given to me yeah do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and then I was like that's not serving me so I had to just step back like certain people who I'm friends with, like, they're very valuable friends, but they, I would try and hold them and mind them through things. And it's like, you can't mind someone through their own dysfunction. And you actually have to step away. They're still your really good friend, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or they're not, but they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're still your very precious friend, but you have to, like, step back. And sometimes they can be like, where are you going? And it's like, I'm going to have a bath. <laughs> like, I need to be with me. Mm. But yeah. You just kind of know, I guess. I never had like any um, what's it called what are they called again toxic friends yeah I don't think yeah people have them and I'm like why <laughs> don't do that to yourself wouldn't you say like do you mean like you know people who make people feel bad yeah and they could go back to that again and yeah again. I found yeah a lot of people I know were like yeah I had these really mean friends who were mean to me for years and they I was friends with them and that was the way my life was hmm. I'm like no yeah. you don't deserve that yeah, yeah yeah no one deserves that no one deserves that mm. right look we give it one more spin boo boo alright we have one more here right number 32 do you have it no but I'm 33 oh this was a game of <laughs> this was a game of nearlys in so many ways but it's been a game of dead on the money in so many others um, number 32 oh this is a nice bit of finish tell us about someone that you greatly admire I greatly admire my mom and my dad. Mm. Who do I admire the most of all? I guess my mom. <laughs> That's so... I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think that's who I admire the most. What about them do you admire? She, uh... She's very good at... I sometimes think this is a problematic thing to do, but she's very good at getting on with things and overcoming obstacles and things that uh, hurt her mm. yeah I'd say instinctively she was the first person I thought of yeah have you been able to like it's funny when you like catch yourself like learning things from your parents you know because like we learn so much obviously yeah. from them like has that been something like is that one of them like adult learnings that you've managed to have because you know when you start seeing your parents, you go, you have that transition and, and maybe you haven't had it, maybe you have, I'm sure you have. I'm, I'm saying like, you know, I don't think it's a thing that like happens just when you become an adult. I think it becomes a thing when like you both agree to shift your relationship. But when there's a, I've had a shift in my relationship with my parents, I should say, where like I can, I, I'm getting much closer now. And I think maybe I'm there, maybe I'm not, but I, I think I'm there. We're like seeing them as like 
human beings. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't see them as like Greek gods of like kind yeah. of of like you know of like all oh, my love and like all oh, my like fear because you know when you're a kid and like they shout like that really yeah. affects you. Whereas like now I, I, my parents have been shouting at me in a long time but like if I was to see them shout I'd be like oh wow like they're frustrated or they're like yeah. angry and you can see them as like real flawed people and like now yeah. I can be like oh my my dad doesn't know what to do here you know what I mean when yeah. you're a kid you don't you have no you concept can't, but you can't think about it like that when you're a kid because they're your safeguarders mm-hmm. like if you think that your parent doesn't that's the scariest thing ever to see your parent in peril as a child but yeah I guess so I think I've learned a lot about my parents that have shaped how I process what they do and how they behave and I've been able to step back and be like okay that's you like yeah you're a human and you're the way you are because of things and that I've actually very recently over Christmas I kind of realised that it's time for me to give back to them um, that they've like lived their whole lives not to condescend them but like to help me and to help me grow and give to me like all I've been all the time I've been alive they've just been giving to me and now I think it's time for me to like give back mm. in any way I can like just make them sit down and do all the housework or anything like something like that just because they're yeah they're humans and they're tired and they're they've done a lot of work they've made me who I am mm. So it's like, thank you, here you go, slice of tart. Yeah, that's very beautiful. You're very like, that's, because I think that's a really, I think the, the the universe can sometimes like force you to do that. Like I see that with my mom and her mom now and like her, so my granny and granddad, my granddad passed away like about two years ago, but my granny say now is, you know, she's old and like, it's really funny kind of like, because she parents my granny in lots of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she literally like will put her to bed and take her to bed yeah. and, and it's funny how the universe can 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 force you to do that so it's really interesting that you're kind of you're, you're choosing to do that now I think it's very like evolved really very beautiful I think well we also had a discussion over Christmas about it kind of and but that my my dad was like uh, I'm a bit tired and I need to I need you because I have two brothers to become more aware of us and what we need so it wasn't just me. <laughs> they like stood up and were like, we'd like you to be kinder. Or not kinder, but listen more. I mm. was like, yes, please. Wow. Let's do that. Fuck. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's you one see, of those houses. <laughs> you see now, I just lo- like, you're so like your parents. Then, cause that's yeah, so, they're very good. Gee, that's so healthy. That's so healthy. Yeah, it's very good. Most of the communication in our house is very healthy. It's very, a very honest house. Like if you have any kind of small fight even like <laughs> she, my friend is always saying she came on holidays with us a few times and she's always like i would have loads of big fights and tensions with my mom because we're so similar and then she'd be like nadia can i talk to you in the sitting room please <laughs> and sheila would be like see you in a minute and i'd be like see ya and then everything would be like roses afterwards because we'd be like I feel like this because you did this. Or, well, I feel like this because you did this. Okay, well, let's try to do this so this doesn't happen again next yeah. time. So it's like atrociously healthy communication. Can I ask you, this will be the last question. <coughs> it's a very weird question to ask to finish with. You have grown up in a house. I think you know it. You don't. I feel like that is like in like the top like 5% of like, that's really healthy, I think. Like mm-hmm. that way of communicating. Do you find that that tricky... <coughs> So, like, let's play the game where, like, you've learned to communicate that way. Because I think you probably have just from, like, being yeah. your friend. I I find it very, like, 
great. Um, <laughs> do you find it hard in relationships to find someone? I mean, friendships, but I, I probably mainly mean like romantically because yeah. that's so intimate and like you need so much like um communication and like if, especially if you're spending a lot of time with someone mm. do you find it hard to find someone who can match you on that level yeah i find it hard to find someone yeah like that mm. yeah it's okay it's okay <laughs> i think it, i think that's one of the things that like especially because you're like 22 yeah that like just a lot of people have like catching up to do yeah which is fine but like it's not a bad thing. It's not a criticism on anyone I've ever been with or whatever. It's just that it's like I'm on a different I'm just we're just on different planes yeah. and I would Yeah, I think people it's like what we we're talking about the vulnerability. Exactly. Communicating healthily and openly is so hard. It's such a weird thing. It's like even and I do it like since I was young, like it was it became an important factor in our family because before there was bad communication so then there was all this like these tools were put in to be like actually let's be nice and have a nice time um but then what was i saying oh yeah so it's like instinct for me to communicate like that and Mm. it's it's still hard but it's also easier maybe for a lot of other people but it's um once you do it you just feel so different like when you're just you know when you're just a bit annoyed and you're like oh i won't say anything but then you just say it there's like a whole different energy in the room. Yeah. It's just like, let's all be nice to each other. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's the message of our podcast today. Yeah. This be po- honest. This podcast was brought to you by gaping holes and let's all be nice to each other. Mm. <laughs> Trademarked. Mario Carroll, thank you so much for playing Personality Bingo. No problem. Do me a favour, tell everyone where they can find your weird and wonderful social media. Tell them uh, about Cork. Uh, tell them about all the bits. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing I do. I'm like, ah, oh, Bye. <laughs> No, come on, Maddie, motivate yourself. Um, just on Twitter and Instagram, and what's your username? Twitter's Maddie O'Carroll. Mm-hmm. That's my name. And I'm doing a show in Cork in the Granary. Um, I think. Oh yeah, it starts the thirty first of January or the first of February. I think should know that. Um, <laughs> it's called Punk Rock. It's gonna be good crack. I like to come see that. Do yeah, I like Cork. Do we? Oh, we can have a nice time. That'd be lovely. Yeah, I'd actually like that. Yeah, do please make that happen. Mm. Mario Carroll, you're the best. Thank you so much for playing punk rock. What? (laughs) What? I will be playing punk rock in the Granary Theatre on the (laughs) first of February, I think. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for playing personality bingo. So guys, that was Maddie O'Carroll playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. A massive thank you to Maddie for taking the time to do it. Uh, it was a deadly, deadly chat. Um, I love them ones where it gets weird and you get uncomfortable and you're not sure what way it's going at all, at all, at all. But Maddie is just one of the most comfortable people and uh, she's such a lovely person to have a chat to. So uh, it was the perfect way to start uh, a Thursday morning. Um, guys, you will be listening to this on Sunday. And uh, as always, I just want to thank Taz uh, Keller. I don't know why I listed the, the day of the week that you're listening to it on. That's... 
very irrelevant. But anyway, I want to thank Taz Kelleher, our um, boss woman for mixing, editing and producing the podcast. She is also the host and producer of the wonderful In The Shower podcast uh, with Taz and Marcus. So do check that out also. Also, a huge thank you to Connor Nolan for our deadly artwork, to Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for the wonderful theme music and as always to Paddy, Alan and all the team at Headstuff for having us a part of this wonderful, wonderful network. Uh, in other news, as I said, I am finishing up at the Tivoli Theatre this week in Sleeping Beauty. Come and check us out. It's been an absolutely deadly few weeks and it's going to be so weird without it but I am going to have really exciting news about one of my own theatre projects that's going to be hitting the streets of Dublin uh, in the next few months which is uh, very exciting and a little bit scary and something that I hadn't got to do much of last year so it uh, feels really good to be getting back um, with that kind of business. So guys, as I said, we have Paul Ryder on next week's episode. It's an absolutely deadly chat. I can't emphasise that to you enough so tune back in then. But until then, thank you so much for listening to Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.